0: So how does Sunday affect our Monday? Or more more importantly, how do we live as Christians at home and with our families? When I was at uni in my commerce days, so this is going back um, to the start of the decade, I I loved Sundays. Sundays were my favourite day of the week. I'd um, be up at... At 8am for band practice, I was in the worship band every week with my best mates, we'd grab a coffee and then we'd have church and church was pumping, we'd have, you know, passionate worship and prayer ministry, we'd, we'd hear a sermon and, and then fellowship started and fellowship could go on for hours, I'm telling you, like first year uni, we're talking like burgers for lunch. Then gelato in Williamstown. Maybe go to Willie Beach for a bit. Go back to someone's house. Maybe you know, 4pm snack, Macca's run or something. You know, snack activities. Maybe you know, should we go home for dinner? Check in with mum. Nah, let's not. Let's go for kebabs. You know, and the night goes on. It was it was my favourite day of of the week. I loved experiencing Jesus and. Community and food on a Sunday, but then on a Monday morning, I I was a bit of a jerk. Um, I lived at home. I was a jerk to my mum. I'd I, if I woke up, I would stay in bed until mum had left for work, um, so I wouldn't have to like see her, or I wouldn't have to. And we had like an okay relationship, but I just. Didn't want to get asked to do anything, you know, didn't want any errands or jobs enlisted to me. Sometimes I'd stay in bed a little extra to make sure my sisters had caught the bus to school so I wouldn't have to drive them um, if they missed their bus. Um, You know, then I'd get up and I'd do whatever I wanted, house to myself, and then the clock would strike 4pm and I'd be like, mum's home in half an hour. And I'd quickly do my dishes, But only my dishes, you know. Any dishes that other people had left, I would leave them still. I'd do my dishes. And then maybe mum would get home, I'd say hi for half an hour, and then I was off to another Christian activity on Monday night. And that was sort of how my my weeks went. I sometimes went to uni. um, But I did like so many Christian activities. I I was at BSF, I had a youth group. I had um, a small group at another church, I'd do stuff with my church, I'd help organise like a youth festival, Um, I was a worship leader, a youth leader, Um, some people thought I might be a pastor one day, but there was a chasm between my life on a Sunday and on a Monday, or between my sort of church life and, and my home life. Fast forward a few years and, and I was training to be a pastor and I, I even had a job as an assistant pastor at a church and I'd preach and I'd lead worship and i'd, I'd try and love and lead um, the congregation, but then I'd finish and I'd relax. I think I was dating maybe engaged to Jess by this point, but i was I was relaxing so much that I was even slacking i wasn't just like I wasn't just kicking back, I was kicking so far back I would sort of forget to to be kind or respectful. You know, Jess would talk to me and I'd be like, I'm watching the footy, I'm really tired. I'll talk to you later, you know? And I thought because I'd worked hard in the morning, I could do whatever I wanted and didn't have to be loving or kind. And then one day I was really convicted by the the Holy Spirit, I believe. I was really convicted. I had this Awareness that the greatest commandment was to love the Lord your God and love your neighbour as yourself. And I loved God. And I loved my mates and I loved my congregation. But I felt like the question sort of bubbled up inside of me who is your closest neighbour? Like, who is your neighbour, neighbour? Not just next door neighbour. Who's the, your next room neighbour? Who's who's the sister in the room next door to you? Who's the parents down the corridor to you? Who lives in your house? You know, I was really good at being a good bloke outside the home. But at home, I don't think I was the best. I don't know if, if that story resonates with you at all, but... One of the most significant ways our Monday connects to our Sunday it begins with how we treat those closest to us, our closest neighbours. So, who is your closest neighbour? I wonder. Most of us are, are probably related to them. Um, you know, if it's your housemate, that's okay too. Maybe you're you're getting married soon, and you'll be related to your closest neighbour. Hello. That's, that's fun. Um, what does it mean to be a Christian at home, with family? I think it begins with with loving your neighbour. So God's pretty into families. Um, if we look at the story of Scripture, from creation to the fall to Israel, Jesus, the church and then the new creation, um, family is the theme that runs through the whole story. So um, Who knows what God said to Adam and Eve when he created them? He said, go forth and multiply. Make family. Um, So creation began um, with just God, but then when he created humans, he created a husband and wife, and and the human um, race uh, got going with family. And um, then the fall happened, and the fall fractured the family unit. Adam and Eve were ashamed of their nakedness together. Adam and Eve's children, Cain and Abel, had a pretty fractured relationship, if you know that story. Um, The fall fractures our relationship with God and with one another. It fractures our family relationships. We move to Israel, and God's redemption plan through Israel begins with the promise of family. He says to Abraham and Sarah, you'll have a child and your family will become a nation. And in the, in the Torah, Israel's scripture, um, the most famous um, section, the bit they would memorize and say three or four times a day was this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And then it says in Deuteronomy, impress this on your children. Talk about this when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. So family is at the heart of God's plan with Israel. God then sends his son Jesus, and so we have the son of God. He calls God his father. Jesus also redefines what the family is as well, though. He is never married. He never has kids. He says those who do my will they're my brothers and sisters so that's significant how he he redefines family but he also promotes family he um he places radical value on children in a way that was was uh, was yeah very countercultural he he also lifts the bar on marriage he lifts the bar on adultery he lifts the bar on divorce he makes marriage really important um, you move to the church, and the church is the new family of God. But as well as that, individual families were revolutionised in, in the early church by the, the ethics of the gospel. Um, the way that husbands were to love their wives, not just treat them as sort of a, um, a product or a, a baby-making machine. The way that um, children were to be respected And love, the way that slaves were even part of a household and and meant to be seen as part of of the household. And finally, the new creation. In the new creation, there will be no marriage because we'll all be married to Jesus. We'll all be family. It's going to be one big um, wedding banquet where we're all family which means I think we all have to be on the same table maybe, um, you know, the family table. But all of God's story touches and shapes our home life and our family life. So family is important. Love your neighbour as yourself. It's also important to note here that that loving your neighbour is bigger than just loving your family. So when Israel first heard to love your neighbour as as yourself in Leviticus, that just meant love your Israelite neighbour, love your own kin. But then Jesus expands the definition of neighbour. He says, love your neighbour being those who are near you, those who are even Samaritans, those who are hurting, those who are, are poor and powerless. And so we shouldn't I want to teach love your neighbour, love your closest neighbour, as a starting point to love your neighbour. To love your neighbour doesn't mean to only love your family, but rather that we love and serve our families with a vision that 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 would then expand to to people beyond the walls of our homes. I believe if we start by loving the, the person next to us, our brother, our father, happy Father's Day, our spouse, if we start by loving the person next to us, we we practice to love the world well and we also prophesy God's love to the world. Paul says that about marriage, that it's a witness of love to the world. And, And so many of us want to change the world, want to have an impact, want to do something in the world. One of the best ways you can do that is by beginning to love those close to you well and seeing how it expands, how it unravels from there. So love your neighbour as yourself. I want to talk about the significance, the sacrifice, and the source of this love. So the significance. When I was living that, that Monday-Sunday divide, I, I was separating the two great commandments. Jesus says that the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Love your God and love neighbour. In response to the grace of God, we worship him, right? We love God and then we love our neighbours. And this is central to the way of Jesus. You cannot separate love of God from love of neighbour. You can't separate your relationship with God with your relationship with your mum or your sister or your housemate. Loving your neighbour is extremely significant to Jesus. The law and the prophets, that was the Bible of Jesus' time. That was what Jesus knew to be the the scriptures or the word of God. And he says, all of that hangs on these two commands. That's the significance of loving your neighbour. The sacrifice of loving your neighbour. Some philosophies have the saying, um, they call it the silver rule. Do not do unto others as you would not have them do unto you. Which is nice, but it's, it's about not doing harm. It's do not do unto others as you would not have them do to you. It's about not being a tool. Jesus takes this, um, this was actually a saying uh, around the time of Jesus, the, the rabbis um, would, would say this. Jesus took it up a level, if you know the Sermon on the Mount, And they call this the golden rule. Jesus said, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Not don't do, but do. This takes initiative, kindness, action, effort. Another way you could say this, what Jesus says in Matthew 7 is, is love your neighbour as yourself. To actually love, to actively love, takes guts. I wonder what it would take to have that awkward conversation with, with a family member to say, How can I love you better? I don't know if that's something you can do tonight, but I mean, it'd be awkward, but it'd be cool, hey. Love is hard, guys. Tolerance is, is a lot easier than love. Tolerance is like just accept, you know, you do your thing, I'll do my thing, we'll be cool. Love goes out of the way. Love is active. They say love is not just a feeling, it's an action. You have to step out of yourself. You know, we've been in the Gospel of John up until now. John says love is laying down your life for your friends. We all like the idea of love. We all love love. But love takes guts. It takes sacrifice. And and I I think that loving your closest neighbours, loving your families, is extra hard. I really do. And so I want to say to you guys, like, well done. A lot of you are still living at home. And I know culturally you sort of have to. And that can be hard. But well done. You're doing it. Loving your family can, can be really hard. I think loving those closest to you is hard because home is where we feel safest often. So we can be ourselves. We don't have to convince people to like us. They sort of have to love us. And so then we just get apathetic and we just like, forget to love our families because it's just home. It's just mum. It's just, it's just brother. And we just like forget, you know. Outside of home, we have to be nice. We have to be polite. At home. Let we'll me just be a grump. I also think home is we get familiar at home. And we can get lazy and almost like um almost forget to love our, our families because we're familiar. We want to relax. Maybe can't be bothered trying. I also think home is is where there's a lot of pain that our deepest relationships are often the places of our deepest pain. And, and you know, our favourite YouTuber or our favourite um, podcaster or our mate from soccer or our mate from CU, they, they usually haven't hurt us in the way that our family members hurt us. And so it can be really hard to love our families. But it's worth it. Jesus commands it. It's essential to our lives. I could go all through the New Testament and show why Jesus has such a keen vision for you to love those closest to you, and that would be um, the place which your love for the rest of the world would sort of flow from. But praise God, Jesus also empowers this love. This love takes. Um, it's significant, loving your neighbour. It's it's a sacrifice. But the source of loving your neighbour is the grace of God. We we love because he first loved us. Everything flows from him. Jesus says the first, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And out of that flows love for your neighbour. Breaking down the barrier between Sunday and Monday, or the the sacred and the secular, it doesn't mean that we just mush it all together. Everything is in its proper place. God is Lord of all creation. The holy, sacred God is Lord of all, and, and is Lord of all of life, and all love flows from him. It's because of his love that we can respect our parents. It's because of his love that we can love our spouses. It's because of his love that we can value children and love our siblings. It all flows from the fact that he's called us children, that he's filled us with his spirit, and he's filled us with his love. And out of that, I can do all things in Christ. Put that on your slippers. Tim Keller calls this love economics. He says, you can only give what you have in the bank. He says, so we have to have love in the bank if we're going to give love. Which means we have to have an eternal deposit of love made into our account. To be filled with the grace of God and the spirit of Jesus with a love that never fails, never runs out, never dries up so that we can love our neighbours out of that. So the source of neighbour love is the Spirit of God, is his love and grace. He puts love in the bank of our hearts and it never runs out. I've been thinking a lot about the word beloved lately. I've been playing with it and I think God, God's vision for, for our family life, that embrace, is that he says, beloved, be love." And be loved. That it starts with who you are in Him, beloved. He calls you child, He calls you son and daughter, He calls you beloved. He's the source of love. And then He calls you to be love, to love your neighbor. And hopefully, in a loving family, you'll also receive love and be loved as you go. You know, our culture might say be an island. Our culture might say, love yourself first. might say, trust no one. But God designed human creation to be birthed into families, into some sort of family. Not everyone has that privilege in the same way. For many of us, it's really hard and really complex. Sometimes it's gut-wrenching. But my hope is that for your Monday, your whole life at home and with your family, that you would be beloved. You would know that you're beloved, that you would be loved, and that you would be loved. And so the first step in this series, I want us to take a first step, because this is a great idea, but honestly, on Monday... It can it can fly out the other end, you know. Something happens on the news, mum says something harsh, sibling takes way too long in the shower, the water's cold. I know the pain of that one, don't worry. What's the first step we can take? And the first step is to ask your closest neighbor, how can I love you better? And then just try. <clears throat> If that's too much, then ask God how you can love your closest neighbour better and then try. He's got so much grace for you. He's got so much love for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I ask that you would um, just be filling us up with your love and your spirit and your grace, just refilling our hearts Um, with an awareness of who you are, what you've done, how you love us. And out of that infinite source of love, will we be able to love those around us? In your name I pray. Amen.